0: Good morning. morning. Welcome to the Church of the Palms. My name is Dick Thompson, and I serve as a deacon in our congregation. This is the the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. As we prepare for worship, let us bow our heads in prayer. Ever-present God, let your spirit fill this place For we need to know that you are in charge. Through the terrors of night, amid the arrows that fly by day, we need to sense your power, your protection, your higher purpose. Show us here your saving, healing strength. Grant to us such confidence and contentment that we may look beyond ourselves to become a blessing to others. Amen. Now as we worship together, may our hearts receive his Holy Spirit, our ears listen to his word, and our voices be raised in praise to the glory of God.
1: you please stand for the call to worship? (laughs) Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the land Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Let us worship God.
2: hide our pain and our brokenness and our mistakes. We try to erase them from the stories we tell ourselves and tell each other. The God who created us, however, knows our true stories and loves us anyway. God has been dreaming a story for you since God knit you together in your mother's womb and invites you to live into that whole story the good chapters, and the difficult ones. We come to confession in worship because God wants wants us to know and tell the whole story, not just our favorite chapters. Let us pray. God of life, grant us your forgiveness. We have been heedless in our thoughts, cruel in our words, shameful in our actions. We are indifferent to a world made sad by want and wastefulness. We pass by on the other side when we see our neighbor in need. We wander from the way that leads to peace in paths of our own pleasing. God of life, grant us your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. Mark's gospel makes it clear The Son of Man is coming with power and glory. When the time is fulfilled, he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the four ends of earth and of heaven. God Almighty is in control. We trust our forgiveness and rest our hope on God's mercy and sovereignty. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel we That a state what we believe using the words of that ancient creed whose origins reach back to the first century church. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Amen. maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ his only Son our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell, And now let us be the love of Christ as we greet our neighbors.
1: Good morning. good morning. Welcome to worship here at Church of the Palms. We are so glad that the good Lord gathers us up by his Holy Spirit and we get to be together as the family of faith on a Sunday morning, a beautiful Sunday morning as it is. This is a rare occasion because um, we are going to try to do our sacred graffiti today. And uh, that's been washed out for the last several months, uh, it feels like anyway, but at least this last several weeks. And uh, But we are uh, going to show you some ideas and examples. We're going to invite you after our worship service today uh, to put a blessing upon our new building that is under construction, and uh, we have a little trail that you can make your way over there so you don't get your feet wet, and uh, you can put your little graffiti on in the inside walls of our Palm Center to sort of put a blessing upon this building that we are erecting for the glory of God and for the ministry of this church. We would love to have you take your children out, your grandchildren. Uh, You can only access that through these doors over here. You can't go around here and around the back. You can only go around the front and around that way because our whole campus feels like it's a little bit under construction. Uh, We have lots of things happening. We're replacing a playground. We took down a couple of big oak trees this week. And uh, we're redoing our music building. Lots of things are happening at the same time. So uh, that's good. It's all progress. So we're grateful for that. But uh, after the service, there will be markers inside the building there, people to hand them to you. Uh, Take some of these examples with you and your own thoughts and prayers and write them on the inside wall of the Palm Center and let uh, God know how much you are anticipating God's good work in that building as we seek to continue in our ministry here at Church of the Palms. As I talk about ministry, lots of things are going on this week. As we continue to celebrate our 60th year of ministry here, we're going to be having special events along the way, including this Thursday evening. We're having a chili cook-off. It's in the Bible somewhere, I think, a chili cook-off. But it is our opportunity to invite our friends and neighbors to come here to Church of the Palms and to have just a little bit of fun. we got 23 pots of chili that uh, people are going to be bringing uh, to share not only with you, but with your neighbors. So come and make a point to be a part of that. And uh, it's, a, it's an easy invite to a friend of yours who doesn't come to Church of the Palms, a neighbor of yours, to say, hey, come on over free chili. You've got to love it. And we uh, will give us a chance to connect with our neighbors. We are looking forward to celebrating next month the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. And so you'll be learning uh, about that through a class that will be taught by Mingy and Will Brown beginning next month. But this Wednesday, we're gonna have a prequel to that led by Carolyn Wilson, Wednesday evening at 6.30, sort of a a run up to how the Reformation began, and uh, we would love to have you come and be a part of that this Wednesday evening. Next Sunday, we have our World Communion celebration. Every first Sunday of October every year, we have a celebration of World Communion where we imagine and, and know that the world is coming together around God's table, And uh, we'll be doing that, so we invite you to come to that. And also, another easy invite, we're going to have an international coffee fair underneath the tree. And uh, you'll be able to come and sample some international coffees. Again, another chance to invite somebody to come and be a part of our life here, uh, especially those coffee uh, fans that you know in your life. Um, I went to Starbucks this morning, and they didn't have coffee. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Maybe the sign of the end times. Anyway, um, (laughs) we uh, invite you to continue as we journey through our daily readings. We would love for you to come to our 1015 class on the Gospel of John led by Dale Valrath uh, this morning. Uh, A wonderful opportunity for you to learn about this very, very rich gospel. And then lastly, we are grateful today that we have the opportunity to receive a special offering for the victims of Hurricane Irma and perhaps even extending that to the victims of Hurricane Maria. And uh, we certainly have had uh, quite a few weeks of natural disaster. And so we're going to do our best to respond to our neighbors. Many of you are prepared to present that offering this, this day. Feel free to uh, write a check. Make, make sure you put in your note that it's for Irma relief. Uh, It will also perhaps uh, support our food pantry, which we uh, pretty much depleted through our effort to support those who were victims of Irma, even here in Sarasota. We'll be partnering with Temple Sinai to support a common uh, effort uh, with them. But we invite you to do so. If you have cash, there are envelopes that are inside the pews, you can use those. But uh, we would love for you to be uh, responsive to the needs of our neighbors. We all feel so very fortunate here in Sarasota how we uh, were spared so much of this uh, damage that the hurricane caused. We also are receiving supplies. Many of you have already been bringing supplies throughout the day. We're filling up a pod in the the parking lot full of supplies. We invite you uh, to um, bring those to the front office. We will sort them, get them in the pod, and then we'll be delivering them uh, later this week. We'll be receiving those through this Tuesday. And then please check the website, and we'll give you updates as to uh, how and when we will continue that past that time. So we are grateful for your response. And we pray that the good Lord will continue to use us in our effort to reach our neighbors with the love of God. Let's continue our worship. bring her parents forward? (laughs) One of the great joys of being a pastor is to uh, see the great cycle of life kind of pass before us. Uh, Lindsay Bergian Dweck uh, has been a child of our church. She started coming to our early childhood center back when she was three years old or so and has been in our ministry ever since, involved in our youth program, Sunday school and such. And uh, now she's back before us and she brings with her her husband, John, and her beautiful little girl, Kaylin, as they uh, together bring her to be baptized before us. So we get to rejoice today, especially in the being a part of the family of faith and the generations, the generations of God's love and the sneezes along the way. We are blessed that God uh, inhabits this place and the family of faith uh, to know of his gracious presence. So, in baptism we celebrate that covenant, we celebrate being the family of God, and we do so by making covenants ourselves. Parents make their covenants, so do we as the members of the Church of Jesus Christ, the family of faith, so that we know that God uh, works his grace through our life and through our great family tree together. So to that end, I would love Lindsay and John if you would respond to these questions as you bring Kaelin to be baptized. Do you reaffirm your own faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord? We do. do you claim God's covenant promises on your child's behalf and do you look in faith to the Lord Jesus Christ for her salvation as you do your own? We do. And do you now unreservedly promise in humble reliance upon God's grace to set before Calin an example of the new life in Christ? And do you, the members of this congregation, in the name of the whole Church of Christ, undertake with these parents the Christian nurture of their child so that in due time she may confess faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? Do you? And will you endeavor by your example and fellowship to strengthen her ties with the household of God? Will you? Let us pray. Bless us, O Lord, with the presence of your Holy Spirit. Enfold us by your grace. Remind us that we are all your children and that we are a part of your covenant family. Attend to us so that this little girl will you know even now of your love and your grace, especially found in her parents and through the great family of faith that surrounds her. This we ask in Christ's name, amen. Helen Melissa Dweck, child of the covenant, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. How about we sing together, Jesus loves me, this I know.
3: church family and family ministries we get to walk alongside her and love her as she runs through these halls of this church and so on behalf of family ministries we'd like to welcome her into the family of faith and as you've heard we and family ministries we create a sticky faith in our kids so that when they graduate and they leave home they don't leave their faith behind so we want to partner with you all of us your church family as we love and nurture, we'd like to present you with this Bible stories book to read with Kaelin, and also this beautiful keepsake cross stitch that one of our church family members specially made it for her as she prayed for Kaylin. Um and um, your certificate of baptism to celebrate this day. Thank you and congratulations.
2: <laughs>
1: Thank you, oh God, for the fact that we get to be a part of the great covenant family. We thank you for this precious little girl and pray that you will bestow your grace upon her each and every day of her life. Remind her parents that they walk not alone as they care for her, but they are surrounded by the great family of faith. And help us as a family of faith to come alongside other families of faith as they support their children, especially those who have been um, devastated by this storm. And we pray, Lord, that you will help us always to know that you are a God who loves us and a God who claims all your people as your children. And so, Lord, we offer this time to you and this precious jewel to you as well in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who taught us all to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen Continue our worship through the presentation of our tithes and gifts and offerings.
4: When I survey
2: Let us pray. Holy God, it is with humility and thanksgiving that we present these gifts to you. As we strive to love you and love our neighbors, we pray that you will accept this offering as a token of that love. In Christ's name we pray, amen. You may be seated. And now we invite the children to come forward for the children's moment with Miss Carol and the third grade Bible presentation. Should have a lot of kids
3: and um, it is a very special day. So many good things going on. Our third graders will be receiving their very own Bible. So this is um, a tradition in our church that we've done for years and um, it's really exciting. Come on up guys, have a seat. So the, the Bible is a really important book. Obviously um, when, when we read the Bible, hey look, Cynthia's got her um, adventure Bible. When we read the Bible, it's like we're encou- we're encountering God. So the Bible words um, teach us about how God's work wor- wor- in the world is, and we, we can keep this Bible, and it's the best book that there ever was. So we picked a really special Bible this year um, that will go through you, that you'll have as a keepsake for middle school and for confirmation and through high school and forever, but we just want you guys to know that the Bible is something we travel with and we have always. It doesn't matter if we're in third grade or a 50-year-old. We're always, in it's the best book ever, so it's our guide and our path and our map to life. So if you are in third grade, I would like you to stand up, please. Look at them all. That's great. I'm going to... I'm going to call your name. (laughs) No, it's great. And Pastor Steve is gonna present you with your Bible, okay? Gabe Milliken. Raise your hand if I call your name, okay, Gabe? Great. Leighton Piver. Owen Montesano. Montesano, sorry about that. Piper Amarnick. Paxton Miller. Ashley Miller, Kate Lever, <laughs> Sophia, is Sophia here? Okay, Jacob, Jetson Goberville. Evan Shumway, Ryan Millspaw. and Thomas Emrich. So we're going to invite the families, after, after Pastor Steve prays for the third graders and for all of us, um, we're going to invite the, the families of the fir- third graders to come up for a special family meeting, and the kids will get to um, be in a special Bible class, so we'll have to help them navigate through their Bibles um, in the month of October with one of our special teachers and myself, so um, so we'll... That's
1: great, guys. we thank you for your word we thank you that you love us through your word you reveal to us your love in jesus christ through your word we thank you for the gift of the bible that you loved us enough to put into print into word what your message is for us and we ask lord that you will uh, be with these third graders as they receive these bibles may it become for them a lamp unto their feet and a light for their path, so that they can know through your word, that how it is that you wish for us to live and how you wish for us to lead our lives. So we ask, Lord, that you will continue to fill your word with your Holy Spirit so that we can understand your love and your message for our lives so that we can be the people you want us to be. So bless and keep these third graders with this great word for their whole lives, and we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Okay, you can... Follow Carol out and Eric, and they will make their ways to graffiti and third-grade Bibles. I'll tell you upstairs. may be seated. We were to officially begin our journey through our narrative lectionary, The Story of God, uh, a couple weeks ago, but we had some extenuating circumstances that caused us to focus on other things including a storm that was on its way and a storm from which we were largely spared. So we reflected on that the last couple Sundays. And today we're picking back up with the story of God. We uh, we would have talked about the creation story a couple weeks ago, and then last week we would have talked about Abraham, and Isaac. But to, and today uh, on our schedule of the lectionary is the story of Jacob. Jacob, one of the great patriarchs of the Old Testament, and we'll be listening to a story in his life, and then reflecting as well on. Uh, the Apostle Paul and his reflection about his own life. So here the word of God that comes to us from Genesis chapter 28 beginning at the 10th verse. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran and he came to a certain place and stayed there for the night because the sun had set. And taking one of the stones of the place, he put it under his head and lay down in that place. And he dreamed that there was a ladder set up on the earth and the top of it reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending upon it. And the Lord stood beside him and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and to your offspring, and your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, and to the north and to the south, and all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you and in your offspring. Know that I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you." And Jacob woke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! There is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. And then these words from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians, the 15th chapter beginning at the first verse. The Apostle Paul writes and says, Now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaim to you, which you in turn received in which you also stand, through which also you are being saved, if you hold firmly to the message that I proclaim to you, unless you have come to believe in vain. For I handed on to you as of first importance what in turn I had received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than five hundred brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died, and then he appeared to James, and then to all the apostles. And then last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me, for I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we proclaim, And so you have come to believe. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. By your grace, O Lord, and through your favor, we pray that you will allow these words to come to point to the word just read and to the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ. For we pray this in his name. Amen. So to begin this sermon, I have a warning. And the warning is that this sermon, these next 15 minutes or so, may not be very relevant to you if you come from a perfect family. (laughs) If you come from a family that has no squabbles, everything figured out, no conflicts, no brokenness, no divorce, no betrayal, then best you right now turn on your iPhone and check your email, texts, and tweets, because this sermon will have nothing to do with you. But if there's a small chance that you don't come from a perfect family, that your family tree is not entirely harmonious and placid and peaceful, then maybe the next 15 minutes might be of some interest. Not that we don't work hard to project to the world, our perfect family as possible image. Facebook is filled with 99.9% happy family pictures. I have yet to see a picture on Facebook or Instagram of families screaming at each other or a couple contemplating divorce or parents grounding their 16-year-old son. That doesn't usually make it into our social media network. And so it's tempting even to idolize the external appearance of families close to us and wonder why they have it so much better than we do. But that usually is not the case. Every family tree has some weak limbs, some severed roots, some disease in the middle This week, we took down a couple of our stately laurel oaks in the courtyard, and the place looks very different when you go out there, and there was something in me that hated to see that happen, especially when leaves were still on their branches, but the truth is the trees were not as healthy as they appeared. They were diseased. They were hollowed in the inside and miraculously did not fall in the storm. Appearances in trees, family trees included, can be deceiving. So over the last couple of years, actually, I've taken a little time to look back on my family tree, done some genealogy, ancestry.com, and many of you have heard, of course, me extol the headline of the McConnell family tree, great-grandfather, Presbyterian minister, grandfather, Presbyterian minister, father, uncle, Presbyterian ministers, two brothers, Presbyterian ministers, talk about, I say, talk about a dysfunctional family. (laughs) And I say that to be funny, of course, but that's really the half of it. There's truth in it, of course. Every family is dysfunctional in its own way, except for those of you who are now checking your text because you have the perfect family. Closer look into my family and you see things like alcoholism, death from addiction, prostitution, divorce, adultery, severed relationships, bankruptcy, suicide. And that's just going back two generations. But again, those are not the pictures I put onto my Facebook page. Even now, you might be thinking about your own family tree and the cast of characters that. Hollywood could not even reproduce. We all have saints and sinners in our past, scoundrels and heroes. Aunt Martha, who sewed blankets for the Red Cross, and Uncle Charlie, who spent most of his time at the corner bar. Pete and Judy, the perfect couple until they broke up when their last kid left for college. Cousin Larry, who hit it big in Silicon Valley, and Cousin Teresa, who is battling stage three cancer. Brother Mark, who you're no longer talking to, and Sister Susan, who you call every day. The family tree, yours and mine, have all sorts of leaves with all sorts of colors. The biblical family tree is itself quite colorful. A couple of weeks ago, We were looking at the call of Moses, and we will do that again next week, but we heard back then that God referred to himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God God puts his name on this family, the family of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, let me tell you, this is not the family that will make the cover of Family Circle Magazine. It's not only, but the good Lord opens up his Facebook page, even, with these characters and begins to post pictures of his family through our Bibles, And many of those pictures are not very pretty. Abraham and his brother have a real estate deal that goes south, and it gets worse after that. Isaac's wife cheats on her husband, robs her oldest son of his family blessing. Brothers Jacob and Esau sever their relationship for a time. Jacob plays favorites among his sons, and what follows is an attempted fratricide. This family is supposed to be embodying the promise of God, the the story of God, but it's got enough dysfunction to land them instead on the cover of Psychology Today. So, in the midst of all this generational up and down, joy and sorrow, sinners and saints, our story this morning finds Jacob who is at this moment on the lamb and running from his brother who hates him, having cheated his brother out of the family blessing. We, We find this somewhat scoundrel Jacob out in the wilderness, no roof for a head, stone for a pillow sleeping under the stars. And he has a dream. Dreams are big in the Bible. He has a dream, and he dreams of a ladder, a ladder that stretches from earth to heaven a ladder that stretches from his own self, his own soul, his own place in life, and this ladder is connecting up to the heavens and ascending and descending the ladder are the angels of God. And God says in a dream, know that I'm with you, Jacob, and I will keep you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land and I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Now, I submit to you this is a startling word from God. A startling word from God because it sounds like what God is saying is that when it comes to the movement of God's gracious story, when it comes to the advance of God's gracious promise, when it comes to the the company of angels, even the sinners and the scoundrels have a part to play. When it comes to the movement of God's gracious story, when it comes to the advance of God's promise, when it comes to this company of angels, it appears that, that even the scoundrels and the sinners have a part to play. Yes, even the sinners and the scoundrels in your world, in your family tree, in your relationship database, even, even the sinner and the scoundrel inside of you Because you see, when we talk of the grace of God, we are tempted to think only of the grace of God that forgives us of our sin and frees us from it, but that's really just the tip of the iceberg. I think when it comes to the grace of God, we need to see the grace of God as a movement a power an advance through history that works its way through, around, and beyond every single person, saint and sinner alike. Like it or not, we are who we are because of the family tree upon which we hang. Sometimes it is in the grace given, and sometimes it is in the grace received. The grace of God is operative through every human being that steps into and out of our lives. Sometimes that's very difficult to see. Sometimes our prayer is to be rid of such people. Sometimes our desire is to be shaken free from the family tree. But the truth is, God is at work through all the colors of the tree, And not just even our families, but every single person that steps into our lives. Lord knows if God's grace can work through moi, well, then God's grace can work through anybody. When the Apostle Paul took the time to consider his part in the unfolding advance of God's story and the start of the church, the only thing that Paul, I'm sure, could think to do was kind of laugh. (laughs) If there was anyone disqualified from playing a role in the advancement of God's story and grace, it was Paul. I am, he says in 1 Corinthians, I am the least of the apostles. I am not even fit to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But, he says, by the grace of God, I am who I am. And his grace toward me has not been in vain. It's something to imagine that as crazy as your family might be, as screwy as some people might be that are in your life, as tragic even as events may have unfolded for you, that somehow still the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob still posts his ladder and seeks to pour the grace of angels into our midst to make what seems so very wrong into something so very redeemable. I have two friends who are Presbyterian ministers and to this day, I cannot understand why. (laughs) And it's not that they are not great ministers. They are phenomenal pastors, but they were called to ministry out of tragic families. One whose trusted family pastor broke up his parents' marriage through an affair. That will keep you from being a pastor and another who lost his whole family to an act of violence. Each of these guys are shepherding the people of God, and each would say that a large reason why is because of their painful past, their broken families. But I am who I am, Paul says and I pray that his grace toward me has not been in vain. No, God doesn't make these things happen, of course not. But by God's grace, he uses our chipped, cracked clay jars, our broken family trees as vessels still, still of his grace. When I was starting my senior year in high school, my parents announced to me that I was going to have a sister not through birth, not through adoption. But they had invited into our home a young woman my age from our congregation who was very ill. She had anorexia, an eating disorder, and she needed help. And she needed to be in a family outside of her own family. Now, I learned quickly that this was not something for which I got a vote. This was going to happen. But I was 17 and fairly self-absorbed, and thinking the world revolved around me. I was the last of the boys. But now it wasn't going to revolve around me. Now it was going to revolve around her. In my last year in high school, I got to watch my parents steer their attention and care, rightfully so, to her. And from my last year of high school, I got to feel the pain and the tension of caring for someone and the getting worse before she got better. And I was not a hero in this. I was a 17-year-old self-absorbed and wanting the world to be about me. And yet somewhere in the middle of it, I learned something. I learned that the world doesn't revolve around me that sometimes people walk into your life who are there to teach you something. Sometimes angels come who don't look like angels. Sometimes they're sickly. Sometimes they're sinners. Sometimes they're scoundrels. Sometimes they're Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Sometimes they're just plain broken. And we become who we become, by virtue of them, and we pray that God's grace toward us has not been in vain. It might explain the painting that hung in my childhood home. In our living room, my parents had a print of a painting painted by Andrew Wyeth, the famous painter, a painting entitled, Christina's World. When I was young, I had little appreciation for this painting, but over time, my parents explained it to me. The the painting was of a real woman named Christina who was a neighbor to Andrew Wyeth and his family. She was severely crippled, Unable to walk, her pride kept her from a wheelchair, so the best she could do was crawl. And every day she would crawl out of her house to her garden there in the farm, and she would tend to it, and when she was done, she would crawl, crawl back to her home. It was pretty much the sum and substance of her life. Wyeth grew to to know that Christina and her brother and she, he could see in them something that few could see. He saw in her a reflection of art, a means of grace, a gift to share with the world. And so he painted Christina and her world. And a print of that painting hung in my home. And the story my parents share with me is that we all have Christina's in our life, imperfect creations of God just like the rest of us but their means of grace, angels sent to teach us, sometimes inside our families, sometimes outside of our families. And they went on to explain that we have our own Christina, my severely handicapped brother Jim, whose world was and still is no bigger than Christina's, That, that he too was an angel, that we're all quite imperfect members of the family of faith And even so, when we come into contact with those who are imperfect, those church folk who came even through our home from time to time and stayed a while, they were there to give us grace or they were there to receive our grace. Angels of grace, imperfect angels of grace like the rest of us. So Jacob, the scoundrel, dreams of angels. As bad an apple as he may have been, he was still in the company of angels. An angel perhaps himself. Somehow, way, God pouring God's grace through him. That was the promise. It has always been the promise. A somebody God never made a nobody person. By his grace, well, we are who we are. And may his grace toward us never be in vain.